0: Welcome to the History Chicks, where any resemblance to a boring old history lesson is purely coincidental. This podcast is brought to you by
1: Audible.com. You can download a free audiobook today by following the Audible link on our website, thehistorychicks.com. You can choose from over eighty-five thousand titles over all types of literature to listen to on your MP3 player or smartphone.
0: And here's your thirty-second summary. Born to rule, she rode a roller coaster of popularity and romance during the longest reign in British history. Her descendants became part of the noble houses of most of Europe, and her name is still synonymous with an entire age of improvement, fashion, behavior, and some really fantastic houses. The staying power of her legacy may very well be her greatest secret. The
1: end. Let's talk about Queen Victoria.
0: Yes, let's. Yay. So
1: excited.
0: First, let's drop her into history. In 1837, Michigan was admitted as the 26th United States. Canada gave blacks the right to vote. Charles Goodyear obtained the first rubber patent. Martin Van Buren was inaugurated as the 8th president of the United States. Pharmacists John Lee and William Perrins First manufacture Worcestershire sauce. Mount Holyoke Seminary in Massachusetts opens. It's the first U.S. college founded for women. And Britain issues the first ever stamp to commemorate the historic event of that year, the coronation of 18-year-old Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria was born on the 24th of May in 1819 at Kensington Palace to the Duke and Duchess of Kent. Her father was Edward Augustus, who was the fourth son of George III. And Victoria's mother was the former Princess Victoria. But when she married, obviously, she became the Duchess of Kent. When she was born, she was a princess of a teen. Tiny little place called saxe Coburg,
1: sixty thousand residents. So basically, your average American small town worth of folks to be the prince over. Right. <laughs> Germany was divided sure. up into a lot of little principalities. Mm-hmm. So, um, this story requires some background. I need to go back a generation or two here, and who here's who we're dealing with? Mad. Crazy King George III. This is the George America didn't like. This is the George we sent the letter to saying we don't want you as our king. This George, so he's placed in history now, he had been no slacker in the procreation department at all. Six daughters, nine sons. And you would think just with the numbers, the succession would be a no-brainer. That'd be the last thing you'd have to worry about. If you would. But of the sons... Only the eldest, who uh, was known as the Prince Regent. Mm-hmm. Or this is the Regency, right. by the way. If you read Georgette Heyer novels, mm-hmm.
0: this is the period. Mm-hmm. And we're going to use that word over and over again mm-hmm. um, in this particular podcast because getting a Regency meant that you were given the right to rule even though the ruler was still alive. Yeah,
1: so you're the proxy. Proxy. King or queen. Right. <laughs> so anyway, the only child that had a legitimate child was the Prince Regent, the eldest son. Um, her name was Princess Charlotte, and she was so popular with the nation. She was wonderful, and she made a love match with this lovely boy from Saxe-Coburg. Have you heard that before?
0: I have heard that, and you yeah. are going to hear it again. And I think that we should do a mini-cast uh, mini just on Princess Charlotte. That's
1: a good idea. That is a good idea. Let's do that. Okay, so fate intervened. However, an all-too-common story, Princess Charlotte died in childbirth, leaving... No legitimate heirs Mm -hmm. in this next generation.
0: So all those, all those sons of King George and now they're scrambling.
1: So all seven of the brothers have no legitimate children and all the daughters were either married and childless or over 40. Dun dun dun. Mm. Okay, so we'll put all the details of their assorted situations in a special feature because everybody's different. different. But here are the names. Okay, obviously everybody has first names, but they're all known as the Duke of something and they referred to themselves as this. Like <laughs> my brother Cambridge or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so you've got the Prince Regent and then all the Dukes after that of York, Clarence, Kent, Cumberland, Sussex, and Cambridge. The previous incarnation of the Duke of Cambridge. That's right. (laughs) The fourth son, the Duke of Kent, is our subject at hand. Right. The race was on to produce a legitimate heir. So our friend, the Duke of Kent, at 50 years of age, cast about for a suitable wife. Now, there was um, Prince Leopold still Mm -hmm. around, and he had a sister who already had two children, therefore proving her fertility. Right. And, well, all right, let's have that. Let's do that thing. So
0: they got married. It was so much love. Yeah. So (laughs) sweet. And she only spoke German Mm -hmm. and, and speeches. They, she, they had to have it written out phonetically for her to speak in English at the beginning of their marriage because it wasn't a language that she spoke. It was kind of interesting, but she does get pregnant right away.
1: Well, and it was a happy enough marriage, really. Um, maybe because they didn't speak the same language. Yeah.
0: But she, they both already knew what to expect. I mean, he had been checking up with the mistress, and she'd oh, been right. married before.
1: So, I guess, different starts for different folks, but um, the baby's on the way. Hooray! Hooray! Me. Hooray! And the schemer Duke, though, determined that his child would have to be born on English soil because he did not want anybody coming to him later saying his child was not British. Right. So he's thinking ahead. (laughs) But money was a problem. I will tell you, money was just a big problem. Parliament was sick of these brothers. They're like the biggest millstone around the neck of the government. Yeah, money sucking
0: royalty. That
1: sounds like a band. name t-shirt that's right so the older brother prince regent had become the king king george at last at last at the death of his father and the older brother king denied all requests from the duke of kent for money he goes stay there stay on the continent meaning europe and if you somehow scrape money together and come anyway, do not expect a cordial reception. Nice. The the brothers <laughs> argued all all the time. So he did scrape the money together. He did. He came back and begrudgingly he was assigned um some rooms in Kensington Palace. Mad King George hated had hated Kensington Palace. So mm. anytime some member of the royal family need needed to bizz and just have an apartment. He would stick him in, in Kensington, in Kensington Palace.
0: Palace. So it was Personally. kind of like um, overflow royal housing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are in Kensington Palace. The poor old Duchess of Kent goes into labor. She couldn't just go into labor, labor privately with her, you know, one lady in waiting or whatever. She had to have a whole room full of people. Watch this so that no one could slip in another baby. That was the excuse back then. But what was the excuse now? People have these big parties in their birth rooms. I don't know. I don't either. I, I had a big party
1: but it was all like med students and emergency. Oh, see.
0: I said oh. if there was no medical reason for you to be there, get you, out there's no
1: <laughs> Yeah. You don't need to if, ensure it, your conception you
0: conception, you're not there. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much my rule and it's good. That's a good rule. Yeah, I thought so.
1: Anyway. So, so anyway, Pocket
0: Hercules he is what they that. called her.
1: She was a, a little bit of a fatty. Uh, so yeah, the um, Brother King made no secret of wanting this little family gone.
0: Yeah, he wasn't thrilled with that. No,
1: he wasn't thrilled with him having been there at all, <laughs> number one. And he always argued with all his brothers anyway. So
0: the baptism was just a mess. Just a Ugh. mess. So they don't name the baby until the baptism. And this is like a royal to-do. It's a big event.
1: But the king has said, okay, no big event. Let's just invite whoever has to be there. Small event. How about that? Yeah. So he's already like... Yeah, but it's still... There was still thing.
0: so many... There was... It wasn't just like him and that oh, and no. the baby. There were probably... Instead of being, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people,
1: as there ought to right. have been, there were probably mm, 15. The Archbishop of Canterbury is holding the baby, and he pauses to be told the name. This is just a matter of form and the name of the spirit. I baptize thee. And the And parents, he waits for the name.
0: And the parents offer up the name. This is the name that they originally wanted. Victoire Georgina Alexandrina Charlotte Augusta.
1: Okay, so then the king starts in, Can't put my name before the czars, which is Alexander, is the the czar. The czar. Can't put my name before the czars, that's insulting to him. Can't put my name after it, that's demeaning to me. Georgina is out. Done with Georgina. And Charlotte is in bad taste because of my dead daughter. How dare you? Dead
0: daughter. Awful. Cross her off.
1: Augusta is, sounds too majestic.
0: Augusta.
1: Sounds too golfy.
0: But (laughs) I, she had an aunt
1: named Augusta. I don't know what the, he has a, he's a mess. He's,
0: yeah, I'm thinking he's not just saying this for real reasons. He's just making up. He's just, he's just making stuff up. Okay, let's cross off Augusta. So
1: then the father, you know, the Duke of Cantus like whispers Elizabeth, like a question that wasn't even on the (laughs) list. No. Just because. <laughs> so what does King George say then?
0: Well, just give her the mother's name then. Just give yeah, whatever. What is her name? <laughs> her baptized name was Alexandrina Victoria. Which is an
1: Anglicized version of Victoire.
0: And in the non-regal piece of work department, King George did not go to the dinner
1: after, and he didn't speak to the parents at all. So the baby so, was known in her early years
0: as Drina, which is actually kind of cute. So if you, you name a speak. baby that, let us know. Yeah, that's pretty cute. cute.
1: Although it did, I will tell you, I um, it wore off by at least the time she was eight. Mm-hmm. She wasn't going by that anymore because there was a story where this little child was was taken to play with her, mm-hmm. and she said, "I may call you Jane, but you may not call me Victoria." <laughs> okay. So that was when she was eight. So already we've got you know regal attitude, but already we're going by Victoria again. So. Yeah, okay.
0: But she at first she was fifth in line to the throne. She mm-hmm. wasn't. The, the only choice at that point no because all the uncles are still alive they're in line but they don't have any kids to compete with her so right the duke wanted obviously a son didn't get one but i think he adored her from everything that i read he was Mm -hmm. he was a doting father for the eight months that he was one
1: yeah on christmas day they they moved to the country to kind of ease tensions And save money, too. Um, They moved, and the Duke caught a bad cold, and he started to have chest pains. And Okay, so the doctors who came bled him and blistered him to death, basically. Ugh. Uh, Seriously, what if, instead of being allowed to lay on the sofa, drinking 7-Up, and watching the person's right, you got that treatment instead for cold. <laughs> for cold. How, how many of us would have survived? I wouldn't, no. Little baby Victoria's dad is, is no longer living. And um, so re-enter Prince Leopold. Remember, Prince Charlotte's husband was the uncle of baby Victoria because Leopold and her mother were brother and sister. <laughs> he basically supported them. He gave them money when the king wouldn't. And then he knew his... He knew his politics, and he knew the family, and he went through the king's favorite sister to get permission for this little family to move back to Kensington Palace. So smart. He knew the lever to push. So it worked. So she was taught, um, goodness, different masters for each subject, too. So they found some experts on history, geography, Latin, religion, mathematics, poetry, mm-hmm. uh, so all the traditional boy or prince learning. In addition, of course, to our usual female education of the time of dancing, painting, mm-hmm. sewing, singing, and piano.
0: And she was isolated. There wasn't any other kids around her, and her mm-hmm. mother was extremely overprotective mm-hmm. and very controlling. Well,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, she writes. But she was very unhappy during her early years at Kensington. She mm-hmm. said it was the scene of tutor intrigues rather than a home. And I know the story of the Tudors and all the survivor-like machinations that go on over there. Uh-huh. And so if, if Victoria thinks her early house was like the Tudors, that's, that's
0: yeah. not good. We're not talking about the Tudors right now, just so you know. Just a little throw out yeah. for the low bomb. okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Luckily, though, she had someone on
1: her side. She did have someone on her side. She had a governess named Baroness Leighton. Mm-hmm. And so, she was in charge of everybody.
0: And she would stay with her for quite a while.
1: And Victoria loved her. And mm-hmm. that lady always took her side. Mm-hmm. And was always there for her. Yeah. And that was
0: really good. And so, we'll, we'll mention her as we go along. So, remember that name, Litson.
1: There's a funny story in all this strictness, though. They used to use her, her Uncle Sussex, mm-hmm. who lived in the same palace. He was the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. So, if she was naughty, Uncle Sussex is going to come over here and thrash you. Mm-hmm. And so... Here is innocent Uncle Sussex walking in the room, and she would scream when he came in, and he had nothing to do with anything. He did not know what was going on. She loved the rest of her uncles. Like, her second uncle, York, gave her a little pony and a
0: little donkey card, and she hung out, but Uncle Sussex got the
1: scream, and it wasn't his fault.
0: I felt bad about that. That's funny. Wow. Mom and Sir John Conroy. Are we ready to talk about him?
1: Okay. John Conroy had the force about him or something. A Jedi mind trick he pulled mm-hmm. on the Duchess of Kent. He was a servant of hers. He invented this thing called the
0: Kensington System right. for upbringing. It's a bunch of rules and things that she had to follow every single day. Things like sleeping in the same room with her mother every single night. She wasn't allowed to descend the stairs by herself, but rather she had to hold on to the arm of her mother as she walked down the stairs. Even yes. even when she was 17. Yes. Can you I, imagine that? I mean, it's sweet in one regard. I mean, oh mommy, but that wasn't why it was done. It <clears> was done <throat> to control. control her. And it he he and mommy dearest did a whole lot of controlling.
1: Well, now, this is not unusual. Her food was very boring and plain, you know, mm-hmm. boiled meat, um, milk puddings. But that was not uncommon for children right. of that social class. They believed that children had excitable digestive systems <laughs> and they couldn't handle. So, uh-huh. you know, that, yeah. that wasn't unusual, although it was boring. Um, she was never allowed to talk to visitors without her mother or governor's there. Mm-hmm. And she was never left alone in any room
0: ever. Imagine never being alone. Ever. Ever.
1: And you know, she was never allowed to associate with other members of the royal family, and there was a fear. This is actually kind of serious. The next... Duke in line after Victoria was Mm -hmm. the Duke of Cumberland, and Mm -hmm. he was a very unsavory character, and there was great fear that he would try to have her poisoned. Seriously. So they tried to keep her away from all court intrigues. Like
0: any controlling personality, he had reasons. Conroy had reasons why he was doing everything he did. That's how they justified it. Yeah, absolutely. Just it's for the benefit of
1: her, whatever. And they used to pin Holly to the front of her dress so she would stand straight because Holly's very pokey. Pokey. Does that sound like Consuelo Vanderbilt having the iron rod stuck? They were very concerned with standing up straight. as,
0: as seriously, we're both sitting here slouched over. <laughs> We would not make very good royal children. (laughs) I'll bring some
1: holly next time. Ah! The only child that she could play with, well, two children, were Conroy's daughters, Mm -hmm. Victoire and Jane. So basically, she played with 132 dolls that all had different names, and she cared for them like a mother. And those were her main playmates, with those dolls. And she kept those dolls for her whole life, too. The Duke of York, son number two, died, and Victoria took one giant step forward. So here, according to popular legend, there are several versions of this story, Mm -hmm. is how Victoria learned that she was to be queen one day. Now, she knew she had some rank, because deference was always paid to her, and she was taught she was of high rank, and that previous, you may not call me Victoria, all that kind of thing. Um, Her governess, without commentary, put a genealogical table in a British history book. And so Victoria said, oh, I've never seen this before. And she took to studying it. Mm -hmm. And there was a big silence and she said, I see you're nearer to the throne than I thought. And she started to cry.
0: Some versions say right after that, she said she will be good. Good. I don't know that she was actually saying, I will be good as an I will be a good queen or if she was saying I will be good and do my studies. Well, and then so. uh, another interpretation of that is I will
1: be good as in I'm sorry I'm crying. I'll get a hold of myself.
0: <laughs> Seriously, of many, yeah. She could
1: probably be. said it. But yeah, she she was not happy with that news yeah. <laughs> at the beginning. It was a big shock. And then right after this, well, right after she learned this, what happened? The king died. So brother number three, the Duke of Clarence, became King William. And Victoria was now the heir to the throne.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: She was heir presumptive. Tell you, King William and his wife were awesome and friendly and affectionate to Victoria, and he used to just march around with a big smiley face on. Mm-hmm. King William was a lot different than his brother, but John Conway and his dark side of the force—his um, influence over her mother was almost complete. She did and said whatever he told what? her to do. So the fact that seriously they must have been having an affair. I don't
0: I don't see any way around every I know, I wonder, but everything you read, I I did you read anything that said that they were? Everything said that they suspected
1: and he was known as her lover, but no confirmation, but, no confirmation. Well, so all John Conroy basically wanted to do is keep separating Victoria from any influences but his. You know, King William being so friendly was bad news for mm-hmm. him because Victoria would take to this friendly soul. So basically, he convinced Victoria's mother to send a letter to King William that said that Victoria cannot possibly go to court because of all those bastards. (gasps) Well, the king, King William, had ten illegitimate children. (laughs) The bastards were all his. All of whom had descended en masse to live with the king at the palace, which he was perfectly fine with, and so was his wife. Mm-hmm. Everybody was happy with that, except for Conroy. Hey, why and was then, that? yeah, and people seriously who disagreed with Conroy at that house were being let go one after the other. The only friend left was Governess Slayton, and he was afraid to ditch her because King William loved Baroness mm-hmm. Layton mm-hmm. and backed her. But they started to treat her horribly on purpose
0: in hopes that she would quit. Yeah. But she never did. And that made Victoria love her all the more. Of course, because she had her back and she knew it. And there was nobody that had her back. I think that says a lot about the intellect of Victoria. At a very young age, she knew that she was being manipulated. Mm -hmm. And she knew good from bad. Mm -hmm. And growing up in an environment where that wasn't always presented to her, I think that says a lot about her character, her natural character and her intelligence. I seriously think, though, if she hadn't had Baroness Lace, then they would have cracked her. Yeah,
1: probably. I, yeah, you're probably right. I seriously think yeah. they early on they would have but this was all she knew. So Conroy and Mama came up with a plan to irritate the poo out of the king. <laughs> and so they took Victoria on these royal progresses or as the press dubbed them Conroyal.
0: Conroyal
1: <gasps> progresses. See, it's not just Brangelina or Benfer. No. Conroyal. It started a long time ago. So, basically, a progress is where you travel slowly and publicly, visiting notable people along the way, um, doing things like opening factories or, you know, touring a naval establishment. Victoria is kind of being set up as a rival. Seriously. Like she's opening bridges and escorted by troops, that seems kind of regal. Yeah. Now she enjoyed the variety, you know. Even if she was forced to go everywhere with Conroy's daughters, still, this was fabulous after so much seclusion. And she was really dismayed to learn that King William disapproved of this. Mm. She was kind of upset and she wanted to stop, but um, her mother said, "If anyone found out you were so dim
0: that you don't understand why this is so important, they would really doubt your ability to rule." And I think that brings up. Something really interesting the way that they talked to her until she, until she took the throne. They were cutting her down. They were not only telling her that she was stupid, but they were telling other people mm-hmm. that she wasn't ready, that she wasn't bright enough mm-hmm. to rule. They, they were normal people. They were not <laughs> nice people. And it's, there's this very sweet picture and we'll put it on the website of mother and daughter and it's, and she's Victoria, the daughter. It's like, Two or three. It's so sweet, and you look at it. And mother's beautiful, dark ringlets. Um, child adorable, and you think, "Oh, how could?" Yeah, I think that's before Conrad came on the scene. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because she was very. Because he
1: was a bad guy. If she'd never met him, this would be a whole different story. So finally, Victoria was very, very, very ill.
0: (gasps) Yeah, here's a good example.
1: And these lovely pair of parents, as such they were, Mm -hmm. tried to use this extreme high fever to make her sign a paper authorizing him Conroy, Conroy as her secretary mm-hmm. and authorizing her mother to be a regent until she reached 21 instead of 18 and tried to make her sign that.
0: Right. And there's that regent thing again. They, they worked on that a lot. That was their goal. They wanted that mm-hmm. to happen. Thankfully, they I didn't. unsuccessful. But
1: yeah, they yelled at her and threatened and here she is like practically
0: on her deathbed. Again, she's so strong of character. She mm-hmm. refuses to sign it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are physically, I mean, he wants to beat her. She's, no, I'm not going to do it. If anyone's ready to be queen, I think it would be someone that could do that. (laughs) The
1: German boy cousins were allowed to visit by Conroy because they were not seen as pernicious
0: influences. They didn't have as close ties to King William. Right. So they could come and hang out. And one of these German boy cousins um, is Prince Albert of Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha. And she thinks he's very handsome, and she enjoys his company. I mean, they're still children. They're still fairly young. Basically, since Princess Victoria was born,
1: her uncle, Leopold, Mm -hmm. who has gone to become king of the Belgians in a royalty export scheme, so he's the king of the Belgians, but Mm he has in his mind that one of these sons is going to do for Victoria properly. And so his whole life... Prince Albert has been told this is probably, no guarantees, but probably what's gonna happen to you. Right. But you're gonna go to England.
0: You're gonna go to England, marry your cousin, and become English. English. <laughs> so this is how you speak English. <laughs> These are the things she likes. This is what's going on in England. He is groomed for mm-hmm. many years for mm-hmm. this particular role.
1: So he goes back home to savor his Germanic lifestyle for a little while longer. The king, King William, invited the little family up for his birthday. She showed up and took over this 17-room suite that she was specifically told not to take. She commandeered it. Ah. And he was so, the king was so peeved. And he was steaming about it, and he told her off in front of a hundred people at dinner. And he said, I trust to God my life may be spared for nine more months, after which period, in the event of my death, the royal authority passes to this young lady seated opposite me and not in the hands of a person surrounded by evil advisors and who is herself incompetent
0: to act with propriety. Okay, let me just tell you, that scene is in the movie Young Victoria. Is it really? Yes, it is. It is dynamic. And he commanded
1: that from then on, Victoria was under his command and not this person.
0: Her mother. And he pointed to this person. I mean, and it's one of those giganto dinner tables that, that, I mean, and she, Mama is just sitting there staring straight ahead, just... Taking this lashing, the whole room is silent except for the king who is ranting on about how awful she is. Mm-hmm. He finally
1: had had it with this person. Yes. And so he decided, all right, then I'm going to give you 10,000 pounds at your own disposal per year. Mm-hmm. At your own disposal, meaning you, yourself, Victoria, can appoint a keeper of the privy purse. That means your personal disposable income right. that's not for your household. right? Um, it's and yours. he says... Do not appoint your mother. Do not appoint John Conroy. Do not appoint anyone they tell you to appoint. You yourself are to pick the person that is in charge of your money. And you have a right to form your own household. And her mother
0: lost her mind. Mm -hmm. Mama wasn't wasn't too happy about that because her whole life she's, controlled this child and now the king is telling her the child to break off yeah cool She's also did. in the movie oh by really the way. See, i haven't uh, seen this movie i know i'm I sorry we'll mm-hmm. talk about the movie later but um it's actually fairly accurate although emily blunt is m- much more attractive than queen victoria actually was <laughs> I think she's taller, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Queen Victoria is five foot. I Maybe. think
1: I'm taller than Queen I Victoria. I think we both are. <laughs> okay, so for her 18th birthday, the king gave a great ball to celebrate, but he was too ill to greet her and gave her permission to sit in his chair of state during the ball and preside over the whole thing. See, is he, I like King William.
0: I like him, too, although I don't think that he really had Albert in mind for her. Well, no, he didn't, but no yeah it was in the future, as far as he's concerned. Yeah, I don't think it right. was. I, obviously he must have given it some thought. He knew she was next in line after mm-hmm. him, but Victoria is writing her uncle Leopold, who was also Prince Albert's uncle Leopold, and saying that um, she found Albert to be extremely handsome and his hair describing his hair and his large blue eyes and his beautiful nose and his sweet mouth. I and have with- never once said somebody had a beautiful nose. <laughs> it never occurs to me. <laughs>
1: Oh, very nice nose. It's oh, thank you.
0: But I, are you going to go home
1: and write a journal entry about the perfection? Do your diary, Beckett's
0: yes. <laughs> nose is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm
1: always I always say. They're so minute in their description. Maybe before photography, everyone was a little bit more well, concerned. descriptive. Yeah, yeah.
0: And but Victoria wrote a lot. I mean, her journals could fill your house of wood.
1: So the 20th of June, that same year that she turned 18, her mother woke her at 6 a.m. to say that the Archbishop of Canterbury, a different one, not the one that had held her as a baby, unfortunately, that would be super cool if it had been the same guy, the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Lord Chamberlain Cunningham Mm -hmm. had come to see her, and she came downstairs holding her mother's hand. Because she's not allowed to
0: walk down the stairs alone. However, she went in the room alone. Yes, she did. To be told that she was queen, the gentleman, the most exalted
1: high-ranking gentleman, knelt to her and said that she was our only lawful and rightful liege, Lady Alexandrina Victoria. But honestly, she had that first name taken
0: out of everything. I would have. It's kind of hard to say. Alexandrina (laughs) Victoria. (laughs) So (laughs) our little baby,
1: Pocket Hercules... Is now queen.
0: And what does she do? She walks up those stairs by herself to get dressed. <laughs> her first act as queen. It's kind of symbolic, her first steps. Well, and you know, she <laughs> okay.
1: decided that she was... That's true. That is true. <laughs> her first steps. And she wanted to be alone for an hour. She said, everyone is to leave me for an hour. And she ate dinner by herself, too, as if to make a point. And she also said flat out this is day one (laughs) kiddos this is day one of queenship she said my mother is not to presume to come to me whenever she likes i will send for her
0: nice dang that's awesome hooray which means a conroy is also out too now this is a good time for us to take a little break and when we come back we will talk about
1: life as a young queen
0: We are back. (laughs) We've just become the queen. We have. And she's taken over right away. She started her royal
1: duties. Yep. She addressed Parliament and made a great impression. Yes. So dignified, so quiet. The people cheered her on her way, which Mm -hmm. has got to feel good to someone who's been uh, so isolated. Isolated her whole life. Yeah. They loved her from the beginning. Seriously, people have never seen her, except for on those progresses, which Mm -hmm. wasn't through London. So the people of London, she hadn't been exhibited anywhere, you know. And her coronation was the grandest thing,
0: and it was only eight days after she was told she was queen and her while well, she's in her dressing gown. Yeah.
1: but Now, yes, that eight-day is very key. Now, the procession was fabulous. There were mm-hmm. all these carriages with cream-colored horses and cavalry escort. Now, we've seen how this place looks like from the outside and the inside if you watch the BBC coverage of Kate and William's wedding. that's right. We're thinking of Westminster Abbey, it's mm-hmm. the same place. That's mm-hmm. where her coronation was. Right. But unlike their event, this was an unrehearsed mess. <laughs> it was mostly unnoticed because everyone was in their grand just robes and there was shiny, shiny things everywhere but um it was like a bumbling doofus parade nobody <laughs> knew what was going on kind of they skipped part of the service because some pages had stuck together they gave her the great orb of office too soon so she's holding it and doesn't know what to do with it she keeps whispering what am I to do and nobody knows they put the ring on the wrong finger to the point where she had to go back and put grease on her finger it was
0: it was sized for her pinky and they put it on her ring finger yeah they jammed it on, jammed there. it right on there And poor
1: Lord Rolla fell down the stairs over and over. He tried to make it on his own steam, and Queen Victoria kept trying to stand up. Nope, madam, you must not stand. And he would fall down the stairs, old guy trying to come and kiss her hand, and Mm -hmm. he wasn't making it. Poor old thing. The peers are supposed to touch her crown as a symbol of obeisance or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they kept banging it. And so this heavy metal thing sitting on her head, she had the worst headache. Basically, everyone's hitting her in the head for an hour. That um, sounds like so much fun. The prime minister was ill, and he had kind of overdosed himself with laudanum and brandy because he didn't want to be raspy or growly. And so he's holding this sort of state all casual, like it's a rake. Hey, whatever.
0: (laughs) Sort of state. American
1: Gothic, you know. He's...
0: (laughs) Just over
1: her shoulder, whatever. Yeah, but Victoria was very dignified throughout. Like, on your own wedding day, you don't notice that the cake is messed up mm-hmm. and then, you know, the oh, flower girl's picking yeah. her nose. You yeah, don't exactly. notice. You're oblivious. Yes. Yeah. And so the grand thing happened. The peers, blah, blah, blah. There's the procession back. And does she meet with heads of state and kings of Europe and Asia? No.
0: She goes upstairs. And gives her dog a bath. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. What? I love that. So here she is. She's... (laughs) can't have a dirty dog on the the lap of the
1: queen. (laughs) I I imagine the very first thing she did, though, was to take off her crown.
0: I know. Yes.
1: And perhaps her shoes. But other than that, she gave her dog a bath. And then uh, later that week, she had opened her window just to kind of look out at her new environment. And a servant that was outside thought she was a housemaid (laughs) and started to construction worker flirt with her. Like, hey, why don't you come down and give me a little kiss? (laughs) Come on down. Because nobody knew really what she looked like. I mean, you know, you could be millions of people seeing, but
0: how close of a glimpse are you getting, really? So, Let me just stop you there. Now, think about what you know about Queen Victoria. Does she, A, get offended, or B, laugh it off? Make your decision now. Okay, Becca, what did she do? Uh, okay. The answer is B.
1: She was extremely delighted. I mean, she didn't answer him. She bolted back inside and slammed the shutters, but she thought that was so funny uh, yeah. and hilarious, <laughs> and it made her laugh
0: the rest of the day. See, this is she's not the woman I thought she was before I started reading about her at mm-hmm. all. I love the description of her voice. It's described as a bell. She had a very mm. bell-like voice, which high-pitched and pretty. So she had this voice that delighted people, um, and she was fairly popular. Yeah. She right was. from the outside.
1: And I think just as a contrast to those uncles, too. Yes. Because, you know, they're The quarreling uncles. The quarreling uncles, old guys that didn't do anything for the country and just sucked up money, and here she is a fresh start. I think it was like a new hope. And she was young and pretty
0: and still
1: single. So her first prime minister, of which she has many in her long career, her first minister was a man named Lord Melbourne, who was about... 55, 56 years old, a lot older than her, she would talk to him three and four hours a day um, learning about what was happening
0: Right. in Parliament.
1: And if she didn't see him, she would write to him multiple times a day. He was funny. He was a flatterer. And she viewed him as a father almost.
0: Right. And, and he's a mentor. I mean, he was, politically, but- he's mm-hmm. filling her in on the all the way the things really operate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he was a big gossip, though, too. Which I'm sure was interesting. It kind of broke things up a little
1: bit. Now, one thing he had a problem with, though, his influence on Victoria could be seen on this early part of her reign in the dismissal of kind of social problems. He thought, oh, well, there's just nothing you can do, and education won't make any difference. Why would you educate people only to send them into the factory? It's better they remain in ignorance, that kind of thing. So she wasn't very good about social problems early in her reign. She didn't think they were a big deal at all. Um later she changed around. I mean, she hadn't had any exposure to that. that. Melbourne's <laughs> gossip came to give her some trouble. She listened to some scurrilous rumors about Lady Flora Hastings, who was a friend of John Conroy. The hated John Conroy. Sith master of her mother. Um, This woman, who had been in her household a long time, was an amazing spy. She said she was odious and it was disagreeable having her in the house.
0: And so she was lady-in-waiting. And Lord Melbourne and
1: many others thought that Flora was pregnant by John Conroy. And oh wouldn't that have been a good way to get rid of John Conroy? Yeah. Is to embarrass and humiliate him. Of
0: course she latched onto that.
1: Yeah. And plus she hated Flora Hastings. It's a twofer. It's a twofer.
0: (laughs) And so I love
1: this rumor. So, unfortunately, Flora Hastings' abdomen was showing signs of pregnancy, and there was great drama, and it ended up that Lady Flora Hastings had a publicly talked-about humiliating physical examination, which was not usual, no. by two male doctors. Ugh. It was like the ultimate in humiliation, and her family lost its mind. She was
0: determined to be a virgin from as a result of yeah, this she examination. Was. It was just
1: horrible. And at one point, yeah. her brother challenged the prime minister to a duel. Frankly, I mean, that's how bad it got. All relevant letters that were published, it was just blew up. There were factions with Mama and John Conrad on one side and the Queen on the other. And the Queen went to balls and just ignored the situation. She just kept enjoying herself and forget this stupid thing. And there were calls for her to fire the doctor that had said Flora Hastings Mm -hmm. was pregnant and fire this person. And Lady Flora ended up to have had liver cancer. Mm-hmm. The public opinion of the Prime Minister and Victoria went to an all-time mm. low. People thought that Lord Melbourne had too much influence based on this, and they started calling her Mrs. Mrs. Melbourne. Melbourne.
0: Yeah, no kidding. She was Whoa. hissed
1: and booed as she went out, and in fact, my husband's ancestor, the Duchess of Montrose... Oh, really? Lady Graham. ...hissed her at Asket. <gasps> yeah,
0: History. so there's really my connection bad. to
1: royalty. Wow, one of my husband's
0: ancestors, I up up Queen Victoria.
1: Sit <laughs> up straighter, Susan. <gasps> Yes, Mom. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, that's but not very good. It's a
0: very painful lesson for her to learn, and yeah. it actually it ends up being pretty painful for Melbourne as well, because mm-hmm. he resigns. De-
1: he was definitely her work boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> she really depended on him, but but people thought that he made her treat things lightly that were very serious, not just this this case. And it was pretty true, like yeah. social problems, and then this Flora Hastings thing did not have to be this big of a deal. and no. It was... So he had to leave his prime minister spot. Victoria was grief stricken and cried and cried and said her heart was broken and begged him to drive by her window every day so she could still see him. He was a father figure. She's he's, obsessive yes. with people. All right. Well, do you agree? I guess. I guess with if you've been starved of affection for so long, yes. and you get some, yes. you don't want to let that go. So I, right. can, I guess I can kind and of. And you see have it. you build that trust with someone. So right after this there's the second crisis of her reign. It's called the affair of the ladies. So the new prime minister, Sir Peel, was a Tory. A quick word on Tories oh, and Whigs. Oh yeah, let's talk Tories and Whigs. Here's the shorthand. A Tory is a conservative mm-hmm. basically and a Whig is a liberal. Oh. There's a lot more nuance to this but we that, don't need to talk about That's it. it. That's, yeah. that's all so, you need. That's all you need to know. So anyway, the new PM was a Tory, and he looked around at the Queen's household, and all of her ladies of the bedchamber and all her ladies in waiting
0: were Whigs. They had all been appointed by Lord mm-hmm. Melbourne. Right. So Because she didn't know anybody. Yeah, who sh- she, they sat down in the early days of her reign, and she said, who should I have for this position? And yeah. he said, oh, this person is a good friend of mine. She will be very trustworthy. He put all those people. He got the job. That John Conroy worked for her whole life. So right. Sir
1: Peel wanted to replace some of the ladies with some Tory ladies. And Victoria said, no way. This is my household. And she said, Sir Robert must be very weak if even the ladies must share his opinions. Mm-hmm. It was a big battle. She yeah. did not want to let her ladies go. This was personal. Yeah. This was the people
0: was her household that, that were working. in her right. house.
1: These were the ladies that she sat with. These mm-hmm. were not just disposable things. Right. And so, um, she, she decided she was going to fight it. And she said, they wish to treat me like a girl, but I will show them I'm the Queen of England. And there was so much opposition between them that Peel couldn't get his government together because he couldn't resolve this last issue. And guess who's back? Lord Melbourne. Surprise. Yay! She was very happy, but she also became known as a, the queen of the Whig party. And that was not good necessarily to be associated with yeah. one party. Hmm.
0: Everybody's like, uh-oh. This is what's going on now? Well, they put her on such a high pedestal at the beginning because they didn't know any. She had no history. She came with no baggage. Mm-hmm. This is her baggage. Well, but- and she
1: did say later in her later reign that she would, knowing now what she knows, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have been. She would have just, re- okay, no problem, and replaced them. But at this time, it seemed like a big coup. It seems like she'd put one over on a whole room full mm-hmm. of politicians, which she kind of did. But it, it created a lot of bad feelings, so... That wasn't a good outcome. No. So, re-enter our old friend. Our old friend, Prince Albert, appears back on the scene.
0: They're grown up now, and she's the queen, and the job of the queen, in addition to overseeing the land, is tap babies. Now, she knows that King Leopold is going to bring Prince Albert back,
1: and she writes letter after letter of what I call disclaimers. <laughs>
0: right.
1: <laughs> Basically saying, you know... Him coming here doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean we're engaged. It doesn't mean we're going to be engaged. It means I'm receiving my cousin. That's all it means. And then, you know, over and over, I just want to make sure he's not got expectations, right. blah, blah, blah. Well, Prince Albert is like, really, I'm not going to wait for three years to find out that she doesn't want to marry me. That's insulting. So I'm going to go there, and if it doesn't turn out well,
0: we're done. Right, we're done. Yeah, well. Forget this. I'll go, let's go on this last visit and call, call it. it. Yeah, well... Both of them were kind of wrong.
1: So have you guys seen a movie usually very cheesy, where the hero and the heroine see each other and Dreamweaver comes on?
0: Like or I've been oh, waiting I'm for singing a- again. You got me singing. I've been waiting for a girl like you to come into my I life. Been waiting. Yeah, Sorry. it was just like that. Yes. She's on the stairs. He comes in all sweaty and dirty from his trip. He's late. Nice. Yeah. And she sees him and she later writes in her journal, he was beautiful. Everybody else disappeared. They locked eyes. The room Ugh. got fuzzy and all spinny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was a done deal. Okay, so within three days, Victoria had made up her mind. This was her man. In the Sadie Hawkins way, this had to happen because you could not propose to a uh, reigning monarch. She had to propose. And she said it, she said it will make me
0: too happy if you would consent to marry. I'm going to talk about the movie Young Victoria here. Okay, I haven't seen it. Because, so. yeah. Okay, this is, it was, It's not streaming on Netflix, Netflix, I know, you have to get the DVD, and I only had the streaming plan, so I ponied up for the DVD plan two weeks before I got that price hike email, <laughs> so this may be the only DVD that I get from Netflix, but Young Victoria, the movie makes it seem as though there's this great amount of time, this is the only problem I had with the whole movie, it's beautiful. But there, it seemed as though there was this great expanse of time between when he came to her and and then she proposed. Now
1: I'm wondering if the filmmakers had to compress all those earlier visits, you yes. know, because
0: he'd been there visiting and, and maybe to letters. establish a little bit of relationship. Right. It's very. It's that's the only yeah, so confusing maybe. part of the movie because it seems as though he comes to visit, they connect. He goes off. They exchange letters for an it. it's That's not the case.
1: So Albert became the superstar of her life, and Melbourne was forgotten and was actually seen to cry. <laughs> and you he, blame he, him. So uh, poor Melbourne, but he's out. He's out, like um, last year's so stilettos. That's so Melbourne. Albert even sat by her when she signed things and blotted her ink for her. I can imagine they kept looking at each other the whole time. I think there were some thoughts going through her mind because she reviewed a parade of soldiers Mm -hmm. before her, and she wrote in her journal that they were wearing white cashmere breeches with nothing on under them. Mm. Girl, where is your mind? She wrote letters of love, and they met and kissed in secret everywhere. But I can't help thinking Victoria's more in love than Albert. Do you think so?
0: I don't know. I think she's less of the world than Albert was, so her feelings were more school-girly. And he had to
1: leave his country forever. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. And I know, you know, usually princesses are brought up to leave their country forever. Like Marie Antoinette and all her sisters Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. Once they hit about 13 or 14, they're out. And they're brought up to know that they will leave. But princes are generally prepared to stay. Now he since the age of about ten had been prepared that he may be going. Right. But still it's it's gotta be hard to leave basically forever where you grew up. Their engagement wasn't
0: long. October till February.
1: Well I don't think there's a reason for a long engagement. It is you know Mm -hmm. know, you're not gonna do baxies (laughs) now. I mean you had your opportunity. (laughs) Um baxies, right? (laughs) You know that's the term they use. You know, whatever. Okay. The old baxies. Okay no the old So they were married, and um, she wore, and started a new tradition, a white dress of satin. She wore orange flower blossoms in her hair, which became also a fashion. A sapphire brooch set with diamonds. And I love this. Twelve tall, extremely plain bridesmaids. I love that. It's like brides have not changed, necessarily. No. So within a few weeks, she got a nasty surprise. She was furious. This is too dreadful, she said. (laughs) She was pregnant. (gasps) She said, if my plagues result in only a nasty girl, I will drown it. Did she not know what caused this problem? (laughs) (laughs) It was probably that honeymoon at Windsor Castle they had. Uh, Yeah, it didn't take her long. No, and she actually was so angry, and she called this the shadow side of marriage. It was unfortunate. So it was noticed though that she left off her corsets when she was pregnant. So, which was so unusual in England, honestly. I have uh-huh. a picture of Consuelo Vanderbilt at seven months pregnant. Uh huh. And she has her waist cranked. Ugh. in a corset. I don't know where the baby thought he was. So anyway, here's the coup though. I guess um Albert was granted sole regency of Queen Victoria of the baby if Queen Victoria died in childbirth. So so he's already being recognized mm-hmm. as an authority figure in the country. Ha, take um, that Conroy. Yeah. So they moved their writing desks together and Aww. Albert was so happy because he was constantly provided with interesting papers to look at. He was very happy. But man, were they stormy at first. They would have these knockout battles. And there was one that I thought was so funny. Okay, so Albert got mad at her and impatient with her for who knows what. He storms out of the room and slams his door. Slam! And so she knocks on the door. Who is it? He says. It's your queen. Complete silence. (laughs) Knock, knock. Who is it? Your queen. Okay, repeat for 30 minutes. Okay. I'm going to spare you the 30 minutes (laughs) of that. And then the last knock, knock. Who is it? It's your wife, Albert, and he opens the
0: door. Ah.
1: So I'm waiting for the right person to show up at the door to uh-huh. continue this conversation. That's right. Yeah. And I
0: mean, the first year of marriage for anybody is adjustment and change. And in addition to being arranged, yeah. they love each other. So, yeah. cause if it was just an arranged marriage, they would be sleeping in separate rooms and, you know, there'd be no even working it out. Yeah. It yeah. Like, it'd be like, I'm a queen, bugger off to your mistress. Yeah. You know. See you later. So Albert was given a lot of more responsibility
1: as her pregnancy progressed. Um, mm-hmm. and her first daughter, Victoria, was born when uh, our queen Victoria was 21, hmm. and she was called Vicky to distinguish
0: her from her mother and also her grandmother. Yeah. I mean, seriously, people, come up with some new names. I understand the whole honor thing, but this just gets complicated. Okay,
1: well, what do you think about this? There was a political crisis when she was pregnant with uh-huh. Victoria, and she told her prime minister that this baby in her stomach should be called Turco-Egypto <laughs> because so much of her time had been spent
0: on this problem. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Princess Turco-Egypto. So, yeah. Would that should, satisfy you? Yeah, kind of would. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a little more interesting Some <laughs> um, people who name their babies after where they were conceived. This is my son, Dakota, and my... Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, people do that. I bet you they're out there. I bet you someone listening did that. Huh. Um, so, Victoria was so
1: non-enchanted with the whole idea of motherhood. She said, you cannot really wish me to be the mama of a large family. What a great inconvenience.
0: Yeah. She's wrong a lot, like most moms. (laughs) She ended up with nine Nine, children. Nine. Nine children, and she hated being pregnant. Hated it. This is, when I read this, I bonded with her, because I hated being pregnant. I hated every moment of it. I mean, I love the babies. Well, she said it was like being a dog. (laughs)
1: <laughs> or a cow she says ridiculous and I think she was angry at the biology because she wanted just can I please just be the queen but then all this messy stuff has to happen over yeah. and over she was really kind of irritated about that yeah that's a messy business <laughs> so in order <laughs> let's read down uh starting with Vicky there's yes. Vicky I'll just should I do their nicknames
0: oh yeah because they're kind of more interesting than okay their real so there's names. Vicky and then Bertie Bertie who we no. We um, do know um, him. Gilded Age series.
1: Bertie, this Bertie, was the one that loved the American series. Yes, it was. Although he didn't love them yet. No. He was still pretty grouchy and little. So there's Vicki, Bertie, Alice, Alfred, Lenchen, whose real name was Helena, uh, Louise, Arthur, Leo, and Baby, whose real name is Beatrice. She tried a fabulous new thing with Leo and Baby. hmm it's called Chloroform. I know. <laughs> Again, she loved it. She loved it. She said it was soothing and delightful. Oh, I'm sure it was. You know what? I think she's the first in our series not to lose a baby. Well, except Helen Keller, who never married, and right. Cinderella, who's fictional. <laughs> but uh, I think she's the only one not to lose. Am I wrong? I think you could be right. Well, after nine, she was told not to have another by Sir James Clark, her doctor. And she her response was, oh, Sir James, can
0: I have no more fun in bed? Again... Busting that Victorian myth. So what did they do for birth control? I don't want to be
1: specific, perhaps. I don't know. I don't. Let's do a special feature about <laughs> this, right?
0: <laughs> what she did, cause she did, she stopped at nine, and mm-hmm. she was still childbearing years. We may leave that up to the speculation of the <sighs> listener. It's not a polite conversation, is it? <laughs> I'm not amused. <laughs> this is not amused. Which, Did she ever say it? I don't know. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. So Albert
1: became, and I quote, the natural head of her family, superintendent of her household, manager of her private affairs, her sole confidential advisor in politics, and her permanent minister. That's a pretty good job. I think that is. And he advised her strongly to keep herself above politics. She was seriously about to pitch a fit when the Tories came back in again, and he calmed her down, and she charmed all the Tories with her graciousness. It was awesome. She finally had a good strategist to help her at last. And she wasn't jealous
0: of him at all. No, she loved him, she trusted him, and And she thought that he had the. interests of the country, because she thought of herself as a servant of the country. There is an interesting painting, and I'm sure it's a picture that most people have seen of Victoria and Albert, and it's by Landseer, but it's a normally we see the painting we only see victoria and albert gazing lovingly into each other's eyes but the rest of the painting which is not usually they crop this picture is little vicky playing with dead animals that daddy has hunted and of course we'll put the whole picture on our website but the dogs are all playing it's an example of how they were with their family their kids were around them they were Mm -hmm. i mean it wasn't Completely shutting the kids off. and Although she did say to her children that she really wished to be alone
1: with Albert most of the time, and she told her children that, I wish I'd had more time with your father before all you came along. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Feeling the
0: love. (laughs) You know, she
1: had this, like we say, this reputation for uptightness. There's another picture, since you bring up that picture. Uh Um, Florinda by, I want to say it's Venterhalter. It okay. might be Winterhalter.
0: Oh, I see. Gotcha.
1: Anyway, uh, Florinda, and it is a super nudie, tons of <laughs> flesh picture. All these women just frolicking. She gave it to Albert as a gift, and they hung it right at their desks. She went to tour a museum once, and there was a whole wing of marble, um, statues that were nude, and the director of the museum told all the people, don't show her this gallery, just, no, pass it, you know. And mm-hmm. She offered to buy a statue. Delighted yeah. with it, oh, of course. So see, she doesn't have. They any thought property. of
0: her what we thought of her. Mm-hmm. We think we associate that Victorian almost prudishness. Mm-hmm. But
1: no, and also I think of her as a strict right? parent, and she was. Mm-hmm. As we talk about later, there were some occasions that she had a little. Both of them had little flashes of amazingly modern parenthood. Mm-hmm. So Baroness
0: Leighton was in charge of the nursery. Now, Baroness Leighton, remember, she's been with Queen Victoria since Victoria was a child. They were very close. And when Victoria moved into Buckingham Palace, she had Leighton's room be right next door to hers and had a hole made in the wall so that after the lights out, Leighton and Victoria could chat. <laughs> Long into the night if they desired, but if somebody, you know, she was in another room, but they could still, they could still talk. So they were very close. There was a little bit of a crisis.
1: And baby Princess Victoria was very, very sick. And instead of managing it properly, Prince Albert especially felt that she almost let Victoria die mm-hmm. because she didn't call the doctor soon enough. She called the wrong doctor. She was gossiping when she should have been minding the child, etcetera. He was so infuriated that he demanded her removal when baby Vicky mm-hmm. became well again. Mm-hmm. He demanded that she'd be fired and Victoria went ahead and sent Baronet Sleyson back to Germany. And she got
0: a pension. I mean it wasn't mm-hmm. like she just cut her off without anything, but she but did that, yeah. cut her off under that and that just goes to show that they were a couple. Albert and Victoria mm-hmm. definitely were working as a team. They went on. I mean, they, they were unusual parents, I think. We talk a lot of, of a lot of parents during these times where they didn't have, um, personal relationships too much with their kids, but these two seem to have.
1: Prince Albert, dignified Prince Albert used to go into the nursery, storm in there and build baby Vicky tall block towers, so tall he had to stand on furniture several heights of furniture to build it so high it almost would touch the ceiling. And then he would let her knock it down, and everyone would run screaming around the room, all the nursery (laughs) mates, and albert and the baby would run around the room screaming because it had fallen down and then he'd build her another one Uh (laughs) so that's pretty super cute 3000 and when he had baby beatrice baby Mm -hmm. the little one when she got old enough to walk her favorite thing was to go down to her papa's room and watch him put on all his medals or his sash or whatever and she was very angry at him and disappointed if he did that before and so he would delay and pin things on more slowly, waiting for her to get there. And then when he was ready, she would take his hand, and they would go down to breakfast together. This is every single day that he was in the house Tommy, with the baby. I mean... Now, it didn't last very long, because he died when she was very young, but, yes. but that is super cute. Yes.
0: That's-
1: Even Queen Victoria occasionally would let her dignity down. Workaholic, by the way, Victoria. Mm-hmm. And she would drop everything and have some servants make a big baskets of picnics and they would bail out of there. She'd get the kids and they'd take off into a picnic. Love it. So even she played blind man's buff, which I cannot imagine,
0: <laughs> but I, uh, you know, good for her. She played with the kids. I mean, really,
1: that is very yeah, modern. is so that is good. Now, um, um, to replace Baroness Leighton, they found her bay. You know how when you find a good babysitter, you're just uh-huh. like, yes. <laughs> they got a good one. And I, you don't tell anybody else about yeah, her. Yeah, <laughs> no secrets. Oh, no, I don't know any babysitters in the neighborhood. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she found a good a good one. Um, so many royal children don't get the benefit of this, but Lady Littleton was a mom of five herself. Mm-hmm. So she was... A very good governess at last. She was able to manage the servants properly, the nursery maids. Um, she was friendly. It was a lovely, sunny place to be in the nursery, and hooray. Yay. And so they could, you know, they could rely on her. So that was really good. You a little thing about Christmas time. Uh-huh. Speaking of children, um, you know, they celebrated Christmas in their house, and a lot of times on these Christmas websites, you'll see that, oh, this tradition was brought over by Queen Victoria's husband, Albert, from Germany, but the thing is, it was really Queen Victoria's German grandma, Charlotte, because um, Queen Victoria had Christmas trees as a child, and so did her husband, Albert. It was a German tradition. The presents were hung on the tree. lit candles. The kids had been chewed out of the room while the candles uh-huh. were being lit, and they would throw open the door, and everyone whoa, ah! And then the children were set free to get their presents. Yay! And... Ideally, I guess you would blow out the candle first. Though. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I don't want to bring so that down would be a good. brand new
0: palace that Queen Victoria is the first one to live in. So it's a little yep. domestic scene. This house. Mm-hmm. Well, and they had that co- the the Christmas thing in common, and they worked together to make it a tradition for their own children. And that's pretty cozy. I think so. In addition to that, they wanted a
1: cozy family retreat, mm-hmm. and so they found. And this is another place you'll all be familiar with: the Isle of Wight. They have a house at cows, and it's called Osborne. Mm-hmm. And it's simple, simpler. Yeah, <laughs> only eighty servants come with you. Tea yeah. house, whatever. Uh, not that many, but y- you know, there's <laughs> a lot of servants. Ooh.
0: Speaky house. <laughs> and um,
1: Albert disapproved of its simplicity and had it torn down and rebuilt, of course, in a grander style. But it was still a retreat from court, and then even further, Balmoral. And And
0: Scotland, and she, Queen Victoria loved it there. It would play a a big role in her life, you know, and and we still see it—the current royal families, and even I think it was those pictures of Princess Diana playing with the young Harry and William, you know, and she's wearing her riding her riding pants, and um, that's at Balmoral, and Prince Charles walking around in a kilt. Well, she just Balmoral. loved
1: the anonymity of Balmoral. They used to, Albert and she and a couple of her ladies in waiting used to, she used to call herself Lady Churchill mm-hmm, and would mm-hmm. travel around incognito and mm-hmm. drop in on cottages and drink fresh new milk and it was so delightful. I think that Victoria was more comfortable with those, um, rustic, rustic or mm-hmm. commoners. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were commoners. The hi-
0: Highlanders. They the they Highlanders. Um, she just yeah.
1: thought, she thought they were uncomplicated and simple
0: and honest, and she really liked them. And the a family lot. spent quite a bit of time there. She had the, they had the boys in kilts right away.
1: There was so much tartan at Balmoral that a lot of people were basically—I mean, this wasn't a fashion of the time—but they were like dry heaving in disgust about <laughs> the plaid, the bad taste. <laughs> I think there's only one room in the house that wasn't just covered with assorted tartans. You know? Everyone's like, really? R- really? It's like when you go to those houses in Florida and everything's a palm tree. Uh-huh. <laughs> we get it. We yeah. know we're
0: okay. Yeah, that's just where we are. So, poor
1: taste aside, it was a great family retreat. And I think that we
0: should not only take a break. I think I we know. have so
1: much to talk uh, about. We
0: do. And I think we've, you know, talked about the family. And this is a good stopping point. I think we need to have this be a two-episode it's our first two episodes. It, it, it Two-parter. is. Two-parter. About the one person, yes. Mm-hmm. But I think her life definitely deserves it. So thank you for listening up till this point, And we'll be back next time with more on the life of Queen Victoria.
1: Thanks for listening. Bye. For show notes and links to the things we talked about today, please visit us at thehistorychicks.com. Follow us on Twitter at The History Chicks. With, with an, an X. X. Or like us on Facebook, without an X. If you'd like to see in real life, please tell a few friends or leave a review for us on iTunes. The music in our podcast comes courtesy of Music Alley. Visit them at music.mevio.com.
0: I am queen. I have high 60. Ain't no way a plan should ever disrespect me. I'm your queen. Together we ready to dream. Watch how you speak to me. I'm not your I am your coach. You wanna diss me. Then you wanna kiss me. With all that booty, you could miss me. me. Walk a day in my shoes. Try to be me.